Welcome everyone. It is 2023. This week we'll be talking about Sony came to CES 2023 with some surprises. Bungie's working on a number of unannounced projects for Sony. We'll see what that is. Nintendo meets their match in YouTube court. And this week, what we've been playing, we'll be talking about all the games we played over break. We got all this for you and so much more of the new year of Press X to Start podcast, season seven, episode one. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Speed Demon. Hopefully I won't get a get a strike from uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah, because you sounded just like him. I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the M.F. stand for? I am him. Hemlinson. Oh, Hemlinson. Okay, All right. And then last up we have. Hi, everyone. I'm Avery. You see how you just tapped the udder? I like that. <laughs> that's a cool little thing. Like that that's that's part of his AKA. Like it's off and then it's on. It's like glowing red. It's like the heart of a dragon right there. All right. Now you know who we are. Press X Star Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape to an underserved point of view on YouTube. You can get our gaming news breakout on Tuesdays, what we've been playing on Thursday, and the whole thing as a podcast on Fridays. If, and we know you are, watching on YouTube, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, hit the notification bell. If you are listening, we would appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are using. If you want to join the conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. Before we jump into what you've been waiting for, we have a couple of big announcements. First up, because it is 2023, we will be going through a little bit of a rebranding when it comes to all of our visuals. So this frame that you see, it's going to be different. The logo that you see, different as well. Uh, my voice, probably not different. I, you know, I'm 36. This is where it's at. But everything else, it's going to be cool. And then, starting January 15th, our podcast will be live on YouTube. And all the other podcasts going for it's going to be crazy. So make sure you join the channel to get all the updates and to join our conversation. And then, this is a little teaser for you, but Press X Game Streamings will be coming soon. So you'll be able to check out us as we play games and have conversations and tell great jokes. But make sure you you're, you are you're really selling this thing. Move on. <laughs> I try my best. Okay, I'm not a salesman. I draw stuff. All right. Um, yeah, that's it. I think that's that's all we have. That's all the announcements. So make sure you join the channel again. Make sure you are here January 15th on YouTube as we do this live. All right. With that being said, let us jump in to gaming news. Avery, what's happening? A lot happened during the, uh, I guess, two-week break. We were sort of off. A little mini vacation, if you could say. Uh, Not really much to vacation from, because this... I don't know, dude. This ain't work. This is a labor of love. 
Yeah, yeah right. Sure. What Sean said. But uh, yeah, back on my bullshit. Our first story is from Logan Plant. This is from IGN.com. It is Sony at CES, everything announced. So CES was happening and surprising everyone. Sony proper was having a presentation. Uh, and there was a lot of sort of question marks about how much PlayStation we would get at this. Uh, there was a lot of speculation about what we could see. A lot of people had a lot of high hopes. I thought we weren't going to get much because, hey, Sony is a relatively big entertainment company. Uh, CES is very much a hardware-based company. Uh, Sony does a lot of other things. I'm not sure we're going to see much from them. Turns out we were going to see 75% PlayStation at this event. So a lot of things came out of this event. The first major thing they talked about was Jim Ryan coming out on stage and being like, hey, guys, Sony has hit 30 million units sold through. Yep. And he also said that the PlayStation drought, for the most part, should be over. And what he means by that is if you're still looking for a PS5, it should be much easier to find it now. And their ability to produce them has uh, met demand. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I mean, we all have PS5s, and all of our faithful <laughs> listeners have PS5s, and people who are going to listen to us probably have PS5. So you know, I will say, I am happy that they finally reached this point because I think now we will be able to see the, I guess, quote unquote, true numbers of the 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 PlayStation Five in terms of its audience base, and now that yeah. So. Well, I think it's very much going to help the idea of. Let's say it's finally going to clear up the generations. If they've sold mm-hmm. this much in the wild, then they don't necessarily need to uh, rely on the PS4 to be its workhorse. So we're going to get more PS5 only games going forward. Yeah. And, we're, and the generation is going to be slowly phased out till we start all this bullshit again with the PS6. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's rough, though, because I think, was it Jason Schreier said that like AAA games that would take advantage of such horsepower. Even if you started developing it today, we wouldn't see it until PS6. Yes. So Which this, is, rough. like I said, uh, yeah. AAA I development mean, was a mistake. I, I will say that, like, yeah, but that's always the case when it comes to the next generation. Like, by the end of the generation, you see, like, really good games that's harnessing the power. Because, like, mean, even, like, like, less of us. Uh, yeah. To the point I think Jason's trying to make is that studios who make a game Unless they're big multi-team studios with a lot of yeah. resources, you're only going to see one game or no game this generation. Like oh, the PS4, oh, yeah, the PS4 generation, Gorilla came out with Killzone, and then two, three years later, we got Horizon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. Yeah. And then at the beginning of this generation, we got Horizon Forbidden West. Like I think what he's trying to intimate is that, like, hey, the Plague Tale team. If they want to make a game at the level of Plague Tale, you're probably not going to see them make a game till PS6. Yeah. The, okay. the God of War team, if you're looking for the next God of War, then you're probably not going to see that till the PS6. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, another thing they announced is they talked a lot about PSVR 2. Uh, they've reiterated how many games are going to come out for that console. And they also talked about how Grand Theory 07 is getting full VR uh, support, which is really cool. And they also said, hey, we're getting Beat Saber at launch. No news for Half-Life Alex. So, well, not launch. We're getting it close to launch. Uh, no news on Half-Life Alex. So, I've continued to be underwhelmed by the PSVR, too. I, huh? I just want to jump to the, um, the Beat Saber stuff. I think it is a slap in the face that Jim Ryan came out there and said, hey, we're developing 
a, a Beat Saber for uh, PSVR 2. It's like... Well, I mean, yeah. it's an update. They already have it on a regular PSVR. Yeah, but it should be a launch title. Like, the fact that they're developing it, like, that's just... That's so crazy to me that... Once again, we're not Beat programmers, Saber. DJ, so... It's a whole no, no, different I, control scheme. It, Beat, Beat Saber's on Oculus, right? It's on everything. Yes, so, and still, we do not have standardized VR controls, per se. No, so. okay. I mean, that's like a cool weekend right there. I'm not, a, I'm oh. not a developer. I'm just oh, oh, okay. <laughs> this, this is what I like to call a DJ hot mic moment right there. Yeah, what the <laughs> yeah. freak are you talking about, guy? Nah, I'm joking. I'm joking in terms of how long it takes to develop. I understand, like, the development can be a pain in, in two butts. But, like, <laughs> I South think Park. it is, <laughs> I think it's very, it's, I don't know. I'm not getting PSVR 2. Like I'm, I'm waiting, like really waiting to, for it to have like games yeah. that I care about. But it's just like, man, y'all don't even got Beat Saber. I've done like, a little. Yeah. Right, do you on. play Beat Saber on your PSVR right now, DJ? No. For some motherfucker that don't got skin in the game, you sure is. <laughs> no, it's it was that was a surprising thing in terms of like, hey, we're developing Beat Saber. It's like you act like yeah. this is gundam and you just can't believe they don't have gundam ready for ps5 like nah it's just that like you can play <laughs> beat saber everywhere it's just like come on jim what are you doing was this was this going to compel you to buy a psvr2 at launch dj absolutely not no i'm gonna no. kick it okay so something <laughs> i was wondering with because you were both bringing up interesting ports dj's in the mindset that all you need to do is make a port of this game of uh with existing hardware to get it onto the more usable psvr sean pointed out wait 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 I didn't say that it needs to be a port. I was saying that it was crazy it be easier. Banana Town to me that they are just. Yeah, I'm trying to give you developing. a lifeline. I'm trying to give you a lifeline right now. <laughs> just shut up and take it, DJ. I'm pretty sure the Beat Saber Studio is owned by Meta, and as Meta is a also oh, a Zuckerberg's problem. It's Zuckerberg's problem. And as Meta okay, is a, right. as Meta is an organization with its own VR issues. I think the Beat Saber team is more focused on developing for Oculus and that stuff. And so PlayStation had to reach out to the Beat Saber team to work on this. The Beat Saber team didn't look at the BSVR 2 and said, we need to get this on there, if that makes sense. Okay. Hey, yo, Mark, email me at pressxtostartpodcast at gmail.com. I want to talk to you. Because this should have been done a long time ago. Because we know you like money. I think it's a very, very small team. It, it is a very small team. I'm gonna email them, tell them DJ said to hurry the hell up. Put more people in, your, in, the, in the development team. What are you doing? Jeez. The 21 person team, according to this image that I have. Oh, yeah. man. They must be out on, under a lot of stress, too. Yeah, DJ. More power to them, you know. <laughs> DJ, DJ, like, oh, they should be crunching to get this game out <laughs> at lunch. <laughs> at no point did I say crunch, okay? I'm just extrapolating what you were talking about. I love them Extrapolating what you're talking about. Anyway. Our next yeah, Facebook did uh, acquire them, like you said, but go ahead. Yeah, our next thing is that we got a sneak peek at the Gran Turismo film, mm-hmm. which had a lot of Orlando Bloom, David Harbour, and its uh, lead actor uh, just talking about the game and showing off how it looks. Uh, outside of the amount of time they mentioned the PlayStation and how much it felt like a giant ad, I think the film looks as good as the game. And if they can keep that realism and really uh, keep up that sort of adaptation and make the actual races cool, it's going to be a solid movie that's probably going to be better than Uncharted. You think? Yeah. 
I thought it was a fine movie, but it doesn't like, it's not pushing the envelope. Well, this Gran Turismo is a very simple thing that has a better director behind it. Uncharted was a by the numbers movie. Yes. Do you do you think it's gonna do better in the box office? No. Uh, box office. No. All right. All right. No. Because it's a racing movie. It's like no racing movie does particularly super well. Yeah, unless they just hit on nostalgia. Of some and not even nostalgia. Unless they go pure on like we need to make this an Oscar bait film, like a uh, fucking Rush. Rush is a fucking fantastic racing movie. But it's like if you want to watch that with the action of racing, you're gonna be disappointed because it's a character study about two men on the racetrack. Men, 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 men. But the biggest thing that came out in Sony CES was the reveal of Project Leonardo, which is their uh, their controller for disabilities. Which, after a uh, the adaptive controller being out for mm. about a couple of years now, and Xbox fans operating in bad faith, complaining that PlayStation doesn't have an alternative, here is PlayStation an alternative, and they seem to have taken a lot of care and consideration into making this controller. The biggest thing about this is I want to keep this super clear. Uh, at least the spokespeople for disability community have pretty much said that this and the adaptive controller from Xbox are two separate controllers. It's right. like a dual shock to whatever the Xbox controller is called. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just Xbox and uh, whatever. But what do they mean by that? Like an advance in usability or something? No, it's like they're, they're serving two different functions. Yeah, like so it's like it's like, how, an, it's like an accessible how, controller. Okay, yeah, so an accessible controller doesn't necessarily function the same way, like for everyone, because mm-hmm. like accessibility is such a broad topic and and it covers a lot of different needs. So mm-hmm. this accessibility controller will target you know different needs from the Xbox accessibility controller. Um, granted, I think they're gonna have plugins. Well, it's well. It's, I think that's that's all for like individual users. What I was trying to intimate was that there are certain people who dislike the Xbox controller, even though it's fundamentally super similar to the PlayStation controller, and ultimately they're pretty much on par in terms of like actual like ergonomic design. It's just people have different uh, tastes because like there's not like this isn't a conversation of oh what controller has better functionality. It's more of like which one of these two controllers do you prefer? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's really cool. Like that, like good on PlayStation for finally. And what would be nice is if they allow you to use either of these controllers, you know, interoperably with the the other system. Yeah, that was another thing of like, oh well, like a lot of people were just calling for uh, PlayStation to talk to Microsoft about making the Microsoft controller just work for PlayStation, so everyone can just use the accessibility controller. But of course, PlayStation did their own thing. The other, I'm not sure if you're going to mention this, Avery, but the other, other cool thing about this accessibility controller that's one for PlayStation is that you can also use your DualShock controller in conjunction with this controller. Yeah. In regards to its plug and play technology, you can plug in pretty much a bunch of other, probably third party uh, 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 switches and buttons and all that. Yeah, accessibility yeah. peripheral into it. You can also use two of these controllers at the same time. So if you want to be froggy, you can have like all their functionality spread on two hands. You can also use it in junction with a controller. Yeah. And I think what people are theorizing is that it sort of be like the uh, a more advanced version of how the Mario uh, Super Mario Galaxy like assist mode worked, where like you could fundamentally have someone playing the game with the accessibility controller, but someone on an actual controller alongside them helping them with more difficult tasks. 
Yeah. Mm. It's really cool. cool. And that was PlayStation CES, which uh pretty meaty. They also talked about a PlayStation 5, uh, well, a Sony car called the Afila that has a PlayStation built in. And my joke is that you know the PlayStation uh, a drought is over when they're fully prepared to just get, like, get rid of PlayStation 5s and build them into cars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I put in my pre-order yesterday. <laughs> for the car or the PSVR too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, as someone who likes uh, working with Honda and as someone who relatively likes the simplicity of Hondas, if this was a viable option in my uh, uh, financial bracket, I'd probably look into this car. Hey, man, it's not like it's coming out this year. You got time? Like I said, not in my financial bracket. <laughs> hey, 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 2023 is our year. We're going to blow up a feelings for everybody or just feels, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting thing about the PlayStation numbers is that I think for my estimate, I, I really, really want Microsoft to be transparent about their own numbers going forward. That ain't happening. Oh, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Game Pass is killing, guys. Check it out. Game Pass. <laughs> Especially with their, I guess, FTC troubles. It'd be interesting to see how their console is selling. Because by their metrics, they're selling well and on par, yeah. but the Series S and the Series X are two separate SKUs, so you never know how much it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. That's not a hero there. Uh, Microsoft is doing the wrong thing. Kudos to though. Uh, our next story is from VGC. It's from Tom Ivan. Bungie is working on a number of unannounced projects with Sony. Now, I want to point out that they're very clear in this title. They said Sony and not PlayStation, which is, I want to clarify this multiple times, Bungie is not a PlayStation Studio studio. They are a Sony Entertainment studio. They report to Jim Ryan. If they report to anyone, they report to Jim Ryan, not to Herman Hulse. Mm. Yep. Does Herman Hulse know this, though? <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't want to work with Herman Hulse? Look at this man. <laughs> so I, I think... Another thing about this is also it's unannounced projects and not games. Yes. So and, and you know, from what we reported on months ago, Bungie is joining forces with PlayStation to help them on their games of service games. And this is also in conjunction with PlayStation saying they're going to put out 10 to 12 live service games in X number of years or something like that. So I definitely think the unannounced like me looking at this. I'm speculating that the projects are the Horizon multiplayer game, Last of well, Us. That's factions. what you're speculating on. I'm yeah, speculating because there's a, there is a little bit of extra news that came out as attached. Not I didn't really attach to this that yeah. uh, that Bungie was expecting a game to come out before 2025. So when I yeah, well, whether it's matter, it's whatever. Yeah. What I assume is that they have plans for uh, unannounced projects, be like their mobile game that they're working on the alleged project matter and probably something else that's probably going to be more PlayStation aligned in terms of what they're working with. Cause matter is supposed to be the extraction uh, return. Yeah. The escape from Tarkov kind of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I will be very excited to see Bungie's next like IP. Cause I think destiny, I love destiny for what it's done for me in my life, but like, Lightfall, I, I, I might jump back in Lightfall. I don't know. We'll see. But the next thing, I'm definitely going to be in the front seat for when it comes to Bungie. Super excited to see what Bungie is working on next. And then uh, our next story, this is also, this is actually from Kotaku. This is from Ethan Gotch. 
YouTuber beats Nintendo if it tried nuking evidence of a canceled Zelda game. So uh, I want around 2004. I want to say uh, the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze team. I forgot what their name is. Yeah. But that team was working with Nintendo to. They pitched Nintendo on a Zelda tactics game for the 3DS, and Zelda and uh, they had an entire presentation for it. Uh, Nintendo surprisingly said no to this. Uh, that team went on to probably make the Tropical Freeze games, and then a YouTuber uh, did his journalistic research, found a lot of the pitch docs for that, and did a YouTube video breaking down what this game was going to be, and it got a copyright strike from Nintendo directly, and then yeah. the YouTuber appealed to YouTube itself about, the, like, hey man, Nintendo, I don't know the exact legalese bullshit around it, but I'm, I'm guessing that because none of this stuff was brought to light... Through him. Yeah. Like, it was already accessible on the internet. Yeah, it was already accessible through other stuff, it. and he, he compiled it and made the video that Nintendo can't claim a copyright on information that isn't like copyrighted by them but like released by them in some manner so he was able to get it free and now the video is uh free for everyone to watch and i think it has gotten a huge uh numbers boost Mm -hmm. because of this yep yep it's called retro studios retro studios was the team that was going to make yeah so nintendo got their first loss when it comes to them (laughs) copyright striking on the internet (laughs) Hopefully that gets to every other thing they uh, strike on the internet. Unfortunate. Yeah, they they're really sensitive about their properties, and most times they're a little too sensitive. And this is one of those times where the people actually fought back and they won. And more props to them. Uh I mean Nintendo. What are you gonna do? Okay, ah, uh, uh, doing a little bit more research. I think what happened was. Because I don't know the, the finer details of YouTube uh, algorithms. When you get a copyright strike, you have about ten days to like appeal to it, and the other person has like a ten day period to say why they're trying to like get this copyright strike done. Apparently, with this, it was Nintendo had to show him that he was going to be sued for this video, and they did absolutely nothing for about two weeks. So he was able to use that back. Uh, back. They probably thought it was business as usual. Strike it. Next one. Strike it. Next one. They, you know, they didn't probably actually pay attention. They didn't think to follow up on it and be like, yeah, whatever. This is just what we do. Yeah. So the guy actually paid attention and it worked out. <laughs> Not mad at him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a fan anyway. of Tactics games. I would have liked to have seen this Legend of Zelda Tactics game. I don't know why Nintendo would. Uh, like, no, it's just me letting my taste fly. Why I, why I would prefer Retro to be making a Legend of Zelda Tactics game than the Donkey Kong game they ended up going to make. Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably be on board with the. Legend of Zelda tactics game as well. Even like, though, it, like I, yeah. like it doesn't matter that we're on board. It, what matters is what they ended up doing and whether that was the better decision. Mm, we're gonna see. But yeah. Um. Before we jump into more Nintendo stuff, if you are watching us and you've been enjoying the video so far, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the button, and then hit the notification bell because we need that to keep us going especially in this new year so again thank you for supporting us and thank you for doing those three things now let us get back into nintendo stuff avery okay uh our next piece of story is well wow not our next piece of story but our next story is from uh vgc this is from jordan midler uh, analysts don't expect next gen nintendo console in 2023 so the big hollow blue that pretty much everyone who owns nintendo switch especially in the wake of the steam deck not the stream deck the steam deck trying to correct myself here uh, is that we definitely need better Nintendo hardware. 
Nintendo Switch was a piece of hardware that was released. Uh, it was already outdated. It was already outdated when it was released because it was the Wii U was meant to be on par with the PS3. Mm-hmm. Was lapped by the PS4. The it, it's a whole thing. The hardware is out of date, and the games are to a certain extent suffering. A lot of Nintendo's devs are able to extract the best amount of power for that, but it doesn't really help their games a performance wise or a fidelity wise to be trapped on that hardware. So everyone has been just generally assuming we were getting a new Switch sometime now. Uh, there were rumors that there was going to be a Nintendo Switch Pro at some point. Those rumors fake claim that Nintendo quashed the idea for some weird reason. And now analysts are pretty much saying that we're not getting a new Switch hardware refresh this year. So the rumor that I heard is that Nintendo squashed the Pro to work on a uh, essentially a Switch 2, like an, an up, oh, a no, bigger I, update. The rumor I heard, now I'm just remembering, is that they didn't want another Wii U situation. That, yeah, right. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that, yeah, that makes sense. From, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Huh? Because the issue with the Wii U, and someone who is a Wii U enjoyer, is that it wasn't an evolution of the Wii, it was a completely different thing. All people yeah. are asking for is to make the Switch, but make it stronger. <laughs> so no, I can, yeah, no. It, it is it's definitely a thing of like, all right, Nintendo, just listen to what exactly we want, where I think the Wii U situation was, they marketed it very poorly. So yeah. a lot of people didn't understand what the Wii U was. Unless you would just had your ear to the gaming ground and actually followed news daily. Yeah, a like, lot of people was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, like us, we understood like the difference between the Wii and the Wii U, but it was just it was just a marketing nightmare from Nintendo. But again, it's a thing of, all right, well, Nintendo, just don't do that. Just don't market your stuff so weirdly and just be like, hey, Literally, look. all they have to do for a Switch Pro is to market this game with Breath of the Wild 2 and like how much better Breath of the Wild 2 looks on this console, which looks exactly like a Wii. It's just more power in it. That's all yeah. they had to do. They've made a weaker Switch this generation, but they won't make a stronger Switch. Yeah. And, and I, I am, I, we're going to talk about it and what we've been playing, but I also beat Pokemon. So playing through that whole game and just knowing that on the horizon we have Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like, I will be very interested to hear how well that game performs on the current switch well i mean the first one performed pretty well i would i don't see no problem the first one was a wii u game though yeah and then on top of that like the whole mechanic the whole mechanics of things being in the sky and at least at least from the rumors like it's it's in the sky but then you can also see stuff on the ground and you can i think go to the ground so i don't know We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's just like a JPEG you see on the ground, so they don't have to render all that stuff. I don't know. It's don't know. just rough because I've been playing the Switch lately with uh I played Smash Brothers with Lean and Cuisine and I had to go I hadn't played online in so long I had to go re-renew my Switch online account. So the people I, on your Switch online account on your family plan, yeah. trust me, dude, none of us would have known that it wasn't working. I did. I do, oh, but God. I didn't say anything because I couldn't get any of my um, I couldn't do any of the mystery trades or anything on Pokemon. I was like, well, it's well, online is active now. It's okay, on, it's cool. active now. Um, I'm gonna go tell Shereen we can play online. <laughs> but it is just it, it was just so painful loading it up and just seeing how sluggish the Switch is now. It still it still has some yeah. phenomenal games, but this was the year I was super surprised that I wasn't playing Switch games. 
mm-hmm. in that like I was super excited for Bayonetta 3. I was super excited for uh, Mario plus Rabbids, uh, the most recent game. I was like, oh man, these are the games that are going to bring me back to Switch. And they just didn't because I can't bring myself to pick up the Switch. Like, I don't play the Switch in handheld mode. I hated yeah. the fact that it's in handheld mode. So, like, it has no appeal to me as a handheld device. It needs to appeal to me as a dock device. And if I play the dock and I'm not getting the same quality that I'm getting from A, my PC, and B, my, my uh, PlayStation 5, is just not good. That's a hard sell to, to compete. I, I, I'll talk about that when I talk about what I've been playing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just rough playing it after playing the PS5 for so long. Like, Absolutely. like. Yeah. I and what cracks me up about how bad the Switch is, Nintendo seems to just be like blind to the fact that how bad the Switch is when it comes to marketing things. Because nothing cracked me up most when they showed off Sifu, a game that's like low power on the PS5, and then you look at it on the Switch and it runs at like 10 frames a second. And I'm like, yeah. how is this? And they showed it in trailers. And I'm like, and like, oh man, look at how cool Sifu is. I'm like, you showed this with your whole chest and said, are you serious? <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy is supposed to come out on Switch. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. man. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I don't. They're going to reuse them old assets from uh, <laughs> Harry Potter games. All I wanted from a Switch Pro was just a Switch that's permanently built into the dock, and the dock has more processing power. That's all I wanted. Like, you can't take, like, if, if the Switch Mini is one that you can't dock, I just wanted the Switch Pro to be one that's always docked, just so I can enjoy that experience. Yeah, because how I many think... games are actually making use of the Joy-Cons and the motion controls and all that, other than Splatoon? See, and, and here's here's the thing where, like, me the way me and Avery play our Switches is, is very different, where I play my Switch exclusively in handheld mode. Like, I don't... I think the last time I docked my Switch to play was Smash Brothers Ultimate, I think. I think mm-hmm. that was the last time. Even maybe animal crossing i played once in docked mode and realized like oh this is this is i can't i'm not doing this but yeah like if they make a a, a switch too i would hope that it's not completely docked well that's well that's that that would... that's the difference between a switch 2 and a switch pro a switch pro just needs to be oh, a, okay, yeah, switch. Yeah. a switch 2 can yeah. i mean all they have to do is just make a steam deck but just name it switch nintendo switch I mean, 2 i mean steam nintendo would switch deck. i mean steam would just love to get nintendo games on steam deck like just come on, Legal. Nintendo. <laughs> We'd like to get Nintendo games on Switch legally. And speaking of legal games, <laughs> uh, our next story is from Kotaku, and this is from Isaiah Colbert. PS2 emulator development thesis following death threats. So this is a story of a PS2 developer uh, behind a program called Aether SX2, which emulated PS2 games for Android, who was making the emulator for free as a side hobby of his found the internet to be an awful place of a bunch of people taking his content, trying to make money off of it. People who love to steal games, sending him death threats when the games they want to steal weren't readily available for them to steal, and he just said, fuck it, I'm done with this. Or working properly on the, you know, they were just making unrealistic demands for... A a one-person guy making a a legal piece of software. Mm. That's wild, man. That, like... Do better, people. And, like, I think that's the... That's the unfortunate circumstance of just living on the internet is that you have to deal with people who have no sense of their own situation to know that like, oh, this person who's producing this one is just one person. Two is create an emulator for your enjoyment. Like he didn't create it 
purposely for you. Like it was just a, a hobby thing. What's up, Avery? Okay, Marcus, this is the part of the podcast where you take what DJ was talking about. We were talking about Beat Saber and insert that information right here. Okay. <laughs> Marcus, let it be known. I don't take anything I said about Beat Saber back. <laughs> because this guy, as far as we know, or this person is not owned by Mark Zuckerberg. So that's a thing. That's number one. Two, this emulator is not Beat Saber. So that's two. Uh, three, we're not talking about the PSVR two. So I rest my case. Sure, man. Anyway, <laughs> shut uh, up, Meg. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I think the existence of emulators is a fantastic piece of video game preservation in a in a world where a lot of companies aren't interested in preserving their games that they cannot monetize them. That being anyway. said, I am not a fan of emulators in any way, shape, or form. So this being out, gone from the wild, is like, I'm fine with. That being said, if the PlayStation 5's uh, backwards compatibility was actually completely uniform with all content, then this wouldn't be a thing that needed to exist. I like emulators being out in the world. I really and truly, back in like high school, so I'm going to date myself, that's probably... Specifically, like 2003, maybe 2003. When I was in middle school, <laughs> I went on a bender of playing a bunch of like Super NES games because growing up, I had a Sega, like, I, I didn't get an SNES, so it was just like playing, um, like Front Mission. Uh, there was a Japanese Dragon Ball Z like card based game that I just couldn't understand, but I tried my best. Um, and then playing another like Mech Mech Warrior, Mecha Warrior, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, like I really got a chance to experience those games that like I just that weren't on sale anymore and weren't digitized otherwise. Yeah, I didn't have the the opportunity of playing as like a younger kid. So I see the benefits there. Again, I think in this situation where this creator made an emulator and then people are sending him death threats, this is completely insane and ridiculous. And people are just are just dumb sometimes. But yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's terrible to see like a PS2 emulator just go along the wayside because people are just bad. Yeah, John. Um, I mean, uh, it's an important piece of game preservation, like Avery said. Um, it shouldn't go away just because sometimes game code will be lost. I think there's times where they just shut down servers and people still want to play the game, but it's not financially viable or may you know makes any sense for them to keep on playing. But people can make their own little self-servers and play with each other. I mean, it is what it is. There, there's. A... I mean, it's PS2 games, unless it was a SOCOM game. Not many PS2 games had the necessity of like online services. This is like... Uh, Tony Hawk uh, 3, 4, and Thug on Underground. You could probably name about maybe 10 games of the PS2, like maybe 2,000 games that like were like... Well, I mean, they can hack in multiplayer like they did with Melee. That's fine. Oh. Yeah, like I, mean, I, I, it's it. I, like I said, I'm ambivalent towards the existence of emulators. I just want video game preservation to be a real thing that exists that is handled by the companies, and people shouldn't have to essentially pirate things just to make sure that people can play them in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was handled better, we wouldn't have to yeah. worry about stuff like this. Yeah. Well, that has been the gaming news. Uh, before we jump into what we have been playing over the break. Here's a word.
from our sponsors. It's us. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Now we will talk about the games we have been playing over our break. Uh, let's jump with Avery. Avery, what have you been playing over this winter break? The last thing I talked about before we went on the hiatus was that I was attempting to try and play the Witcher Next Gen update on PS5. And how I found it really annoying to get the thing to work. Uh, eventually got it to work. The only issue I have now is that it's hardwired to my physical disc, which means that I have to keep my Witcher 3 physical disc in my uh, disc crate to actually boot up the right. digital game I downloaded. But that's neither here or there. The Witcher world presentation is amazing. I'm playing the DLC uh, Blood and Wine, and I think it's really cool. That being said, I think the way the Witcher 3 controls, especially now in our year of our Lord 2023, is awful. I have yeah. never jumped back into a game and had no idea how to use any of its controls because nothing was intuitive. The, the the slashing is like R1, R2, right? R1's the Dude, light I played R2. it yesterday. I can't even tell you what button was the slash. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely remember when I played Witcher 3. I was like, okay, this is interesting in terms of like how you like do combat. Yeah, I just know now that like I'm playing it on like the lowest difficulty because I'm just trying to yeah. enjoy the game. And I'm just like, yeah. it's still, it's just like, I hate all combat. This is dumb. I don't like any of this. Oh. Like, I, I, another thing that really annoyed me is that, like, it's, the way the skill trees work in this game, I didn't realize how dumb it was, where it's like, you have this big open skill tree. But unlocking skills, you have to load them into, like, a second skill tree. And you can only learn a small amount of them. So like oh I jumped God, yeah, to the yeah, game yeah, yeah. and I thought my character had reset because I went in and I had like 25 skill points just on this like level 40 character. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is this? And I started buying skills and I looked at the second skill. Oh, that's why I was that. And I bought a bunch of skills mid-max it and just didn't think about it. Right. What did they change recently? I thought they changed something about the skill tree recently. They revamped something with the uh, Couldn't even tell remaster. You. Couldn't even uh, tell you. I didn't. I didn't care to look into all the, any of the differences because it's not like I was playing the game from the start again. I was just loading my old save so I could just do the DLC. Right, gotcha. right, right. Oh man. So, so how much did you end up playing of it? Are you still planning on like finishing it up? I I don't know because like I said, the game's narrative is super compelling, and like the quest I did before I stopped playing involving vampires and a fucking uh the the Queen of France. And like a uh, a treasure hunt was really fun. When I was just like, I got to a combat section. And I was like, I'm not having fun with this. I, I can't even remember how like using health items works. Like, oh, this game doesn't have health potions. <laughs> you have to take, you, you have to uh, consume milk of magnesia to uh, boost your regeneration and bullshit. And I'm like, yeah. There's so many things I just I don't think have aged well about this game. I haven't touched in like five years. And I'm just like, oh, this is a lot. Mm. Dang, <laughs> I never got far in it. <laughs> 
I, th- I think as I've been told, I was still in the uh, tutorial section and it just lost me. Right. <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, what you been playing? So I finally got Bayonetta 3. And oh, okay. <laughs> as I said in the chat, this sure is Bayonetta. Um, oh, we need just intro. <laughs> yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's pause real quick because <laughs> we're we gonna go down memory lane about we're gonna go down memory lane about this. <laughs> Avery and Marcus were having a conversation about Last of Us, right? No, we were having a conversation about Last of Us that came into us roasting the way God of War was the story was told, and then Sean comes in like Sean's comment read like he just posted a news image that it didn't load. Like I, I thought I was crazy. I was at my job, which has bad internet, having a conversation with Marcus, and then I hear Sean like, oh, this is Bayonetta. I'm like, oh, shit. I, I just missed the message here. I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm, gonna go, well, I'm walking around my office to find an internet signal to get this image to load, and this motherfucker is still talking like, <laughs> about this link oh that doesn't God. exist. Even DJ, who was at like, yeah, internet like, connection, like about? <laughs> it's not loading. And Sean is <laughs> Sean's actually like, no, oh, it's perfectly fine. We're going to enter into a conversation. And then Sean posted a screenshot. I'm like, this don't help. I don't understand. <laughs> I was really angry at this point. Because he was like, Sean was so adamant. Like, what the fuck are these dudes talking about? I'm being perfectly clear about this. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, this motherfucker's talking to a wall. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, he's talking about Bayonetta 3. Then he's asking me if I bought a game. He doesn't tell me what game it is. Oh and then when I ask him, what is he talking about? He doesn't even say Bayonetta 3. He just... Uh, <laughs> He memes up the word Bayonetta and put the three at the end of it. I'm like, what the fuck is this motherfucker talking about? <laughs> when he posted this screenshot, I literally had the the meme of the white lady with the blonde hair doing math in her head. I'm like, okay, so he says this shore is Bayonetta, but the thing above it is like Ragnarok stuff. So he screenshot it. So that means that like we didn't miss anything. So is there like a secret message or something? <laughs> like I was just so like, what's happening? These motherfuckers talking to a wall. That's all oh I can gosh. say. Anywho, what I should have said is, Sean, you need to read. <laughs> Anywho, we cleared it up. We cleared it out. Sean explained himself after we told him you kind of need to explain yourself in this context. Oh, and we man. moved on. I never answered uh, the question, but we moved on. <laughs> if you enjoy the Bayonetta series, you should play this game. Um, Did you beat it? Or are you still working? Nah, not yet. I, I'm on like. Uh, I think it has like, fuck, I'm mixing up Yakuza 4 and Bayonetta. As you do. <laughs> One of them has 20 chapters, and um, this is a multiverse game, essentially. Mm-hmm. And two things. One, I am so sad that this is stuck on Nintendo Switch because these visuals, I can tell they're trying to go for big budget visuals, but the shit is so muddy at times. It is yeah. saddening. Two, what's her name? Helena Taylor? Yeah, Helena Taylor. The voice God actors. damn! Yeah, that was very disingenuous. <laughs> now that I'm, I, I'm, I, now that I play it, I understand what they meant by a cameo because it's a multiverse game. So well, that's because... that's my big issue. Well, I I haven't played Bayonetta three, but I'm part of the mm-hmm. Bayonetta army and people who love the franchise. And I, I, I subscribe to the website that is Bayonetta mm-hmm. three updates, which went like ten years without an update until we got Glory to Jubilee's Bayonetta three trailer. <laughs> and like to get to Sean's point, minor Bayonetta spoiler. And this is my, I guess, uh, explanation for all of Bayonetta's weird continuity bullshit. Every Bayonetta game takes place in a completely separate universe. They just never talked about this or acknowledged it. Mm. So, like... Wait, really? Okay, I, so that makes sense why she doesn't keep her weapons and all that shit, too, then. Well, it, it, it doesn't. Oh, here's the thing. They were all continuous 
until this game that separated them into separate universes. And I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. What I was ultimately getting to was um, they offered her a set of money to play, you know, Bayonetta for the game. She wanted more money, whatever. And then they offered her money for a cameo, and she said, hell no. And now that I see what they mean by the cameo, because you come across other Bayonettas in the game. Mm-hmm. And it is bombastic and batshit crazy, some of the things. You, you have a fucking train at some point as a weapon. It's like a choo-choo train? Yes, uh, a straight up yes. uh, uh, a train that you lay the tracks. Yeah, the enemy of John Henry itself, the steam engine. <laughs> you, you, you hold out a button to lay the tracks and it attacks enemies along its path. You, you have a, a, a mallet gun that you swing around but also shoot from the... It's just... You have hell yo-yos and... Okay, okay. You're talking about Kingdom Hearts. You're talking about Kingdom Hearts right now. That's what it is. (laughs) And um, I sat down to play it, and I played nothing else for the rest of the day when I got into it. So, like, if you like Bayonetta, if you like Bayonetta, go ahead and play this game, man. If you like like Bayonetta and don't have any preconceived notions about its narrative, you'll love this game. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in for a good time. I'm not here to uh, be explained my good time. Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm loving this game, and I'm really upset that uh, it, it's it's stuck on the Switch ultimately. But this game is yeah. bad shit. Okay, okay. It it almost makes me want to go play DMC five. I mean, I may catch that on sale. Is that on? It's not on PlayStation. It's on play. It's on PS four. It's on. Yeah. No, it's not on PS plus yet. I would have been played it. But okay. but it's it's a game of the same vein where you're getting scores for your action, you know, combat and all that. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's just enjoyable, man. But yeah, go ahead. I okay. So, uh, real quick, uh, this is shop talk. I actually had a idea of me being the one uh, DMC um, d- detractor. Not, uh, yeah, not even the detractor because you haven't really played the game to have a detractor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just make you just I, creating I, fake memes are deeply problematic, <laughs> <laughs> but a franchise you just don't want to play. <laughs> I heard the rumor about Dante, you guys. Don't make me pull up the real rumors about Genshin Impact. <laughs> oh, shots fired. That those people are very nice people. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, sure, I, DJ. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, um, Ignore people named Peter who are from the family of file. Wait, what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Should I be worried? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at half the cat of Genshin Impact and be worried. <laughs> But yeah, I was thinking of, oh, you know, maybe maybe we could do a thing where um I, I could play uh, uh uh Devil May Cry five and give a uh a, a take. Oh, play it, it play it live and yeah. give a take. Yeah. Take. I oh, would yeah. say if we do that, I say we don't start with five. I say you have have to work through <laughs> one, three, four, and then five. Oh, you're making me work for it. <laughs> like I said, you don't need to be playing all those Genshin hours. <laughs> Game's not going anywhere. Uh, you're right. No, it's it's definitely here, man. It's definitely safe. All right. Um, what did I do over this break? It there's a list of games, guys. I'll be real quick. Um, I beat Pokemon Violet. Uh, that is a wonderful time. That is unfortunately just marred by the visual uh, fidelity issues that has, has plagued that game and will forever plague that game until Nintendo does something. Um, again, I think just to go along with the whole news thing that we were talking about with the no Switch 2 coming out this year, 
it really sucks because the Pokemon would just be so great on Switch too. Anyways, that's that. Uh, I really enjoyed that game. I thought the ending was really cool. There's a bunch of like end game stuff that you can do. I haven't done any of that stuff yet. Um, the Elite Four completely rocked them. Uh, I've been playing more Marvel Snap. Uh, that ooh, that it just has me when I when I have my phone up when I'm putting London to bed. Marvel Snap time. She knows it. She knows not to bother me. It's all great. Um, <laughs> I beat God of War Ragnarok. I absolutely love that. Um, at this point, I don't. We're probably not going to do a review on it because it's too far out. But yeah, great game. Absolutely loved it. Um, I made a promise to Jordan that after I beat uh, God of War, I will get onto Need for Speed Unbound. I did. I absolutely love this game. It's it's doing all the things that Midnight Club Street Racing Three Dub Edition did for me way back when on my PS2. Um, playing this game, I'm like. You know what? EA could absolutely do an SSX three or SSX four or SSX whatever. Like they can do it. Like there's a bunch of music. What happened to that other game you were playing? That extreme sports bullshit. I thought that was your savior. Riders of Republic. No, go ahead. Yeah. Dang it. Dang it, Avery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Sean. I've never heard of that game before. Anyways, Eve me <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Pour one out for Rise Republic. I don't know where that game is right now. We told um, trash. Go ahead. I, no, I think it's more victim of DJ playing 15 games um, of servers at the same time. Eventually, something would have to give. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, time. Squirrel! You know, time. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Need for Speed Unbound. Like, yeah, I, I definitely think that EA could do a SSX. I really hope that this is just, you know, another feather in the cap for them. Like, oh, you know, maybe this might work. Uh, what else I've been doing? I have been playing more Genshin Impact, especially because Avery's been talking about it. I just um finished the Chapter Three stuff. The ending to that is so crazy, Matrix Banana Town. Like it wouldn't even make any sense to me talking about it because no one would understand what I'm talking about. But boy, was it a fun time! I can't wait for uh the next chapter, or whatever that's going to come out in X number of months. Um, last thing, I just want to give a quick shout out to Gundam Battle Operations 2. As you guys know, I love Gundam. I play Gundam Battle Operations 2 a lot. I follow a couple of content creators, and in a match I had over the break, I actually played with two content creators at the same time. I did great in the match, and I was like, oh my god. And then I praised both of them, and they praised me back. And I was like, oh my god, I'm living my life right now. This is great. This is great. I put both my hands up. It was amazing. Um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That's it. That's what we've been playing. That's what I've been playing. That's uh, that's Press X Star Podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, that is. All right, Press X Star Podcast is a podcast that you can listen to on all podcast channels. Uh, I don't know how to end this thing. I completely forgot that it's been a really long time. Um, I will say we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoy making it. Don't forget to rate and review some of your favorite podcasting apps. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. Um, yeah, do those things. We appreciate it. You have a good time. You take care. Be safe. Wash your hands, of course, because illness is still out here. Just, just getting all up in between them fingernails and just doing all that bad stuff. Excellent. Bye. <laughs>